And welcome, everybody. We appreciate you being here. We are out there on Twitter Spaces, where we will be taking your calls, as usual. Uh, today, it's really kind of an Ask Me Anything, though there are some themes I want to get into. Uh, because things seem to be stirred up on uh, Twitter, I wanted to sort of... Uh, re I've done this a couple times in the last few weeks, but I want to do this one more time. I want to sort of recap what we know, what we don't know, areas of concern, things we should be hopefully learning more about. And uh, I also want to make clear my position on so many things that gets distorted every which way. Uh, I want to thank Elon Musk for uh, liking our announcement today. Now, we framed this. And for taking the verified sign off, to, off Kelly Victory, the fake Kelly Victory's Indeed. Twitter profile. And, and really one of the things I want to get into with the Twitter spaces is why, why is it so threatening? Why is it threatening to have transparency? And what is the evidence uh, of certain language causing certain kinds of harm? And where did that come from? We'll get into that and more. Let's take, uh, just get right to the intro here. We'll get right to it. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell do you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome, everybody. Again, as we said, we're out on Twitter Spaces. And if you raise your hand there, I'll bring you up. and You'll be streaming on multiple platforms as you ask your question. And Susan, why don't you thank uh, Twitter again for uh, defanging that uh, horrible troll? Yeah, I I got an email back from Twitter and they said, oh, there's no violation here. And I so I looked up the rules and I said, hey, this is this is what it says you shouldn't do, which is to pretend to be somebody you're not. And uh, that was at like 6.30 this morning. And I d we just realized that the verified sign is gone. So now yeah. Kelly can rest a little easier. Well, and She's to be been fair, pretty upset about this because it, she got kicked off of Twitter. And yeah. she's been, you know, somebody's been on there saying that they were her and they were saying crazy things. So, yeah. um, and we started getting involved. Like they started pulling our avatars in and our you know, our Twitter in and I just said, you know, this is, this just doesn't look good for her. Mm -hmm. So, and I didn't really realize she had this problem until like two weeks ago. Well, he came after us too with the usual nonsense, but more importantly, this is somebody, it might be a she, we're not sure. This is somebody masquerading as a physician and then rendering opinions as a physician. That is a, that is a violation of multiple laws. So more spewing just like Trump, like quotes and, and, calling people names and doing weird stuff it was not medical help but just right. just saying that it's her saying that and people were like oh my god are you the kelly victory on the dr drew show and she's like you know yes 
<laughs> I am. Um... And, and Kelly will be in here tomorrow. Right. That's an that's an explicit uh, misappropriation of. It, I think the yourself. verification was what really bothered Kelly the most because right. there are other um, people out there, but this one person was able to get verified somehow, which is pretty interesting. Kelly will be here on Wednesday with Dr. David Weissman. We'll be have, continuing the conversation and continuing our uh, commitment to trying to talk to people who have outlying opinions, who have been uh, sort of silenced in various ways. I think we'll learn more about what that was on Twitter and how that happened. To me, it's so odd. I mean, there's so many, as you know, I'm always confused about things, and this is another area of confusion. In, throughout my career, we never called outlying opinions misinformation. We called them inaccurate. We called them wrong or unjustified or doesn't follow from the evidence. And, and then we would say, thank you, that's very interesting. We would call them interesting. And thank you for making us all think and clarifying our own positions. And we would go on. We wouldn't have any desire to silence or sidelines or crush or all the crazy acting out that has gone on against people who've had differing opinions. And nine times out of 10, what you are seeing in social media, you're going to find out when the information finally flows. It's a distortion. So there's a video out there that's flown around forever of me downplaying the F the the uh, infectivity and the seriousness of COVID. Now that was in, I did that for two weeks and I was wrong. I got the seriousness in the elderly population wrong. My point was I could see the, the panic that the, that the press was inducing. I did not know at the time that the government was using fear as a policy, but I could see it was, I, I couldn't understand it. And that's still don't understand why they would ever use such a thing, but they were, and that was upsetting. And I knew panic could only make things worse and that the panic would have profound deleterious effects. It would cause people to, uh, to choose policies and procedures that would have untoward consequences. And lo and behold, we saw all of that play out. So I was trying to get people to calm down by comparing it. It was the wrong thing to do. But I, what I was trying to do is compare it to H1N1. H1N1 was a terrible illness, horrible, killed 300,000 people, and you don't even know it happened. You couldn't even tell me when it happened. And my point simply was, look, there's no COVID here now. Calm down. We went through H1N1, killed hundreds of thousands of people, but we didn't destroy ourselves over it. This one's going to be worse. It's going to be bad but try to calm yourself. Well, God forbid you say something like that. Now, the other thing I always said at the end of every statement, I said, make sure you just, because I, I this, is, this is a hard part for me. This is another thing I got wrong. I kept saying, just listen to the CDC and listen to Dr. Fauci because Dr. Fauci had been a, a, a shining light in my career. I still have a hard time believing that he was adulterated anyway. I do believe at the end of the day, he will be sort of, exonerated in some way because my whole career his judgment has been exquisite and he's been an absolute uh, i mean a, a source of extreme inspiration maybe it just got bigger than him drew uh, or maybe he made some bad calls or maybe his biases i'm, I'm maybe thinking, he made mistakes he's just not willing to admit it like you well the the two biases i can see with him are that he was persuaded by the chinese communist party huge error that should be acknowledged as an error 
and then he has a tendency to use fear. Um, as I think back now in the AIDS pandemic, he was using, uh, he was encouraging us all to use fear a bit, not as over the top as during this pandemic, but he has a tendency to want to do that. So that's interesting to me. Now, if there, the, the uh, unfortunate reality is no one ever plays the tape of me talking about the CDC and Dr. Fauci. So Caleb put just, Caleb, how long did it take you to put this together? Literally, I pulled all of these together within 10 minutes. I found this, so yeah, there, just, there could be hundreds of other every clips. Time I say, uh, of course, the fake news, the stuff that goes around on, on, on Twitter and whatnot are highly edited versions of what I said that make it look like I'm saying, go home, don't worry, it'll be nothing, don't worry about it. As, as opposed to what I was saying was, calm down, let's try to compare it to another pandemic where it killed hundreds of thousands of people and how we were able to get through that and you did great. And by the way, listen to the CDC and listen to Dr. Fauci, which was always cut out of everything I said. And yet you'll see from this, I, I just listen to the CDC, every statement. listen to Anthony Fauci, take his direction, do what they tell you, and we're all going to be fine. Follow Dr. Fauci's advice, follow the CDC's advice, we will be fine. Stop listening to the press, listen to the CDC, listen to Dr. Fauci. And although the vaccines aren't specific for Omicron, it gives us that cellular immunity that does reduce the risk of severe illness. You want my position? Pro-vaccine. Listen to the CDC. Let Dr. Fauci be your North Star. I said that a thousand times. I did. I said it a thousand times, and Caleb in 10 minutes was able to just pull that together. But now, now everybody hates you for that. Well, now I'll get hate from that, too. So so isn't that interesting? Uh, so you can't win. Uh, so the good, the, the, the lesson here is if you're going to be, if you're going to be moderate and you're going to take certain positions, you're going to be wrong some of the time, and you're going to take hate from both sides. So in terms of listening to Dr. Fauci, I, it's not that I don't understand what people's criticisms of Dr. Fauci are. I do get it. Um, Elon Musk is particularly considered that he worried that he might have uh, adulterated himself under under oath. Uh, certainly, he allowed his biases enter into some of his decision making. But I don't know. I still think he was in a very difficult situation. And really, the excesses of uh, of COVID were perpetrated by the states, to be fair, and then local governments. Uh, oh, good. Uh, MERS uh, may be going around Qatar at the World Cup. Uh, according to Andrew Ashkazvili, I've not that? heard that. MERS is a terrible coronavirus that causes. Uh, it's it's very bad. It's not nearly as infective as some of these other ones, but it's a bad one. So let's hope that's not true. Oive, oive, indeed. That's that is an oive. Uh, so I want to. Having said that, I'm going to look at the. And re-screen. then we also our condolences go out to Celine Gounder, who yes, um, lost of... her husband this week. Right. Uh, we... Oh no. Yeah, he was the soccer journalist who died suddenly at the after the game no. in Qatar. Yeah, uh, my suspicion is he was already having heart failure by the what was being described he was uh, suffering from to begin with. Now here's here's the big question that's got to be answered by somebody somehow. How much of the sudden death we're seeing and the increase in phenomenon related to endovascular inflammation, how much of that is COVID, how much of that is vaccine. That has to be answered. And no one has answered that. All that's happening is are people are denying that it has anything to do with the vaccine. I, I don't think you can deny that any longer. The question is, what is the relative risk, right? If we find out that most of this is due to COVID somehow, plus there are concerns now that COVID is affecting T-cell function long-term and may uh, have been... May, 
be contributing to a phenomenon that people think they might be seeing is that cancers are presenting more aggressively or more advanced cases. Uh, that would be from the COVID, not from the vaccine. So if we are convinced that the COVID is causing the endovascular inflammation, the COVID is causing these sudden deaths and the possible increase of the effect of oncological processes, then it may be worth the risk of taking the vaccine, even, even, if the, even if the vaccine causes myocarditis at the rate we think it's causing it. So these are these are relative risk questions that have got to be answered, and no one seems to be answering them. I, I, I don't know why there isn't a, a rush to answer these questions rather than uh, a rush to just sort of defend one side or the other. It's what's the relative risk here? And really, we're talking about younger males, right? Uh, younger males in the, say, 17 to 35-year-old age group clearly have the myocarditis risk. The question is at what incidence and what should we do to reduce it? And is getting further boosters making that incidence worse? One of the other concerns I have is that we know that even when you get vaxxed and boosted, you still get the infection. It doesn't prevent infection. It doesn't prevent transmission. People seem not to able to get their head around this. And thus, you're getting the risk of the vaccine and the risk of COVID. So if both are causing this these problems, having additive effects of both, now if we can find the research that says, well, taking the vaccine dramatically re reduces the risk of COVID itself, having those complications that we're worried about, well, now we're back in the game again. I'm similarly confused about treating under the age of five. We had uh, the molecular biologist in here last week who talked to me about how he was vaccinating his child and that there's a more exuberant vaccine response in younger children and that there have been essentially no side effects documented. And there have been something like 500 deaths of children, well, from what I'm hearing, not healthy children, but okay, uh, somewhere in the pediatric, younger pediatric age groups. Again, this data is hard to kind of sort through. That is compared to 6,000 deaths from measles. Now, I've so told this biologist that I, I'm not a pediatrician, so I don't know what these relative risks are. Again, it's the relative risk. That it, it, from the beginning of this pandemic, risk-reward has been something that has been tossed out the window, and it feels like we're doing the same thing again. Uh, let me just look at your guys' comments on the restream here. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You guys are being reasonable there. So uh, the other the shocking. other thing, yeah, shocking indeed. The other thing that people don't seem to be getting their head around, in addition to the fact that the vaccine doesn't cause you to not get the infection nor not be transmittable, but the notion of endemic. Uh, I've had multiple people recently say to me, "Oh, I thought I wasn't going to get COVID, and lo and behold, I got it." It's endemic. We all are going to get it. More than once. That would end, that's what endemicity really means. It's going to get all of us, for the most part, I don't want to say that with categorical certainty, but for the most part, it means we all get it. We all get it more than once. That's what endemic means. And so this notion that somehow you're a sinner or you didn't practice. They seem so shamed. I shame, have, it's such last bizarre. week, somebody said, I, I got it. I can't believe it. That's so bizarre. And then she goes, I can't believe I got it. It was I was really sick, and I was like, everybody's, I've had it twice. I'm like, it's okay. You're going to be fine. It's so bizarre. I know. It's funny, though. And, and I was also, I was thinking about something the molecular biologist said last week. He was talking about how there's a theory that the, the Paxlovid rebound is not Paxlovid, but merely the inflammatory phase of COVID. You know how people talk about the cytokine storm? 
Well, you notice we haven't been talking about that so much lately because it doesn't happen very much. Really, in the vaccinated, it doesn't happen, but it doesn't happen from Omicron, more importantly. Omicron really doesn't do that. So I started thinking, oh, this the idea that rebound of on Paxlovid in the treatment of Omicron is somehow the cytokine storm activation a week later? No, no, that's just not true. It It, it is a reactivation of the virus. And I have a f concern that it may also affect immune function somehow because I'm seeing people get reinfected very quickly if I've treated them with Paxlovid. Paxlovid works, make no mistake about it. If somebody's getting really sick, you can prevent them from having complications. You give them the Paxlovid. But the rebound is kind of nasty and it kind of drags on. And it, as I told him yesterday, uh, on Friday or Thursday, whatever it was, it doesn't have the clinical features of the cytokine storm at all. All right. Somebody on Rumble said, stop testing and then it'll just be the flu. Well, interesting. Um, and you won't feel like you're a criminal for getting sick. <laughs> yeah. So my really my main concern is, uh, you know, to, to call me anti-vax is bizarre. I vaccinate all my elderly patients. Uh, they're all boosted. It's clear to me what I'm doing there, as I've said repeatedly. I have concerns in the you young give me a flu males. shot every year. Yep. Give me a flu shot. Get make, I'm pushing you to get your damn shingles vaccine, which you haven't gotten yet. We've got the Prevnar and the new <laughs> Oh, yeah, I got to do that. Yep. Uh, and so, uh, it's, I'm not old enough to, it's bizarre to me to say that by refining our, our, uh, deployment of a vaccine is somehow anti-vax. Now people are upset that I talk to people like Robert Kennedy who are anti-vax, are anti-vax and, and it's not reflective of my opinion, but Rob I, Schneider. I yeah, Rob Schneider. You're good friends friend. with him, yeah, but I, I, doesn't that, we don't opinion. care. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. He can have his opinion. I like I'll listen to it. It's interesting. Jenny McCarthy, I, you're friends with her. Yeah, I fine. Ha, have you your shouldn't opinion. talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. What's that? <laughs> I said you shouldn't talk to them. To who? Those people. <sighs> no, Should, you're friends with people that are anti-vaxxers and they have their choice. They I, we know a lot of people that haven't had the vaccine. Here's Robert Kennedy's post on uh, vaccine therapy. He's he's he is uh sort of over the top concern though about some of the stuff and 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 I get it I, I understand what he's talking about um and he's concerned about the cozy relationship between the the regulators and the administrators at these big drug companies and I wasn't that aware of that and that that is a concern that at least at least biases some of the decision making and certainly some of the behavior at the FDA recently has been odd now I think some of it um <laughs> Yeah, people are getting shingles, Shadow Man. That's true. Uh, let's see what some of the people are saying. Uh, yes, he said he's not anti-vax. We put that. Did up you see there. that tweet from Jimmy Kimmel today? No, what was that? <laughs> Be careful with the pronoun thing. What? You're, it's no, a, he said <laughs> he told Elon he was an asshole. No, yes, right. That's right. <laughs> but I don't. I was like, I, is that Jimmy? I, I am deeply confused about. All this consternation around Elon Musk. We're friends Musk with him too. But. I mean, I'm assuming he's telling us the truth when he says there's a reduction in hate. What I have noticed is people that have been spewing hate at me for the last 18 months suddenly are getting a little feedback of their own, and they can't they can't deal with it. So I thought, isn't that interesting that the people <laughs> that actually were the ones? No, it is interesting, right? Yeah. And they're like, I, yeah, you, I'm getting now you know how it feels. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. The hate has been there all the time. It just wasn't going your direction because of the way the algorithm were working. Now it's going more equitably. It's going, you guys like, you like equity. Well, this is equity. It's it's being spread around and you don't have to stay here, but I wish people would. And I think that it's worth continuing to slug it out and try to get to a, a place of the truth. I'm just really glad that Twitter never banned you. Because uh, yeah. they stayed, we did Periscope, we did 
I mean, he lost a lot of followers. I think so, a lot of those were bots, but it because everything changed pretty radically. But it was it was nice to know that we didn't get censored there. We did on YouTube, but not. So, it, by the way, it didn't take long for people already to, to start calling me a shill for the drug companies by being willing to vaccinate uh, elderly patients. To their benefit, by the way, it's worked, it's worked rather well. How, how much longer we continue to boost, I am not clear on that at all. That, that, is, a, that is a tough, you know, there's know. some data now that shows you're more likely to get COVID right after the vaccine. And it's like, mm, it's all concerning. It, it, it's not clear. And now I understand why we rushed to bring these things to market. I get it. We were in, a, we were in an emergency and I was all for it. I, was, I, was trying, I got COVID the first time trying to get the vaccine myself. And so, look, there was unusual circumstances, unusual risks were taken. I got it. No problem. But why the extreme positions now when we can start to get more nuanced about what we're doing, that to me is disturbing. Disturbing. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I certainly am still against mandates of all types. That's been the case from the beginning. Uh, the reason being is that vaccine mandates create an outgroup. Uh, I, I think we've finally gotten rid of the discriminatory passports. I think people understand that they are discriminatory. Uh, and I, <laughs> we've mostly got rid of that. Though, we, as we have discovered, you still have to have vaccine to get in this country from, say, Canada, from other countries, which seems still discriminatory to me. Again, these people are no more infectious than anybody else. So, and Paxlovid works, so it's not like they're going to end up in the hospital. So I don't understand why we wouldn't uh, allow people to come in who had not been vaccinated. They need to come into the and country then, again. And then on the mask... I did get some information, though, from about, Katie, Dr. Uh, Honorable Katie Sullivan. About, she said that in January, they're not going to pass Biden's bill unless they stop the mandates, oh, that's travel mandates. Which bill are they going to pass? I don't know. It's in January, though. All right. Interesting. So She's so, going to follow up and find out. All right. So fine. So, uh, so whoever sent me that email... I looked into it for you. That could happen in January, hopefully. And then mask mandates do not work. There have been two major studies. They do not work. Now, do masks work? Yeah. You can protect yourself a little bit with an N95 worn perfectly. You have to think of it the way I would wear it when I walked into a room with a patient with active TB or an active uh, pathogen that we didn't let, want to get out of the room. I would seal. It would be fitted. And it would not come off until I was no longer anywhere near any exposure. So... That kind of use of the N95 is the only way to protect yourself. Otherwise, you're sort of wasting time. If you take if you take the mask off to eat the, you know, the uh, Chex mix that you get on the Southwest flight or the Diet Coke, what are you doing? Why are you bothering? It, it's just so silly that we uh, we are not doing it properly. And that's part of the reason I think the mask the mass mandates don't work is because. The mass mask mandates. Nobody wears them effectively enough, and people wear the cloth masks. All these things that just do not work. All right. So uh, I want to get to calls. As I said, when your hands are up, I will get to you, uh, and you'll be when you come up to the podium. You'll be streaming on multiple platforms. Uh, we can really talk about anything you wish. the The question really we put up was why people are so freaked out about the uh, the attempt to get more transparency on Twitter. To me, that seems like a very noble thing. Now, the pushback tends to be that there is more hate speech, which objectively that does not seem to be true, or that people are harmed in some way by the speech. Now, I think we've gone way too far with that notion. I want to. We have to have really further evidence that people are actually harmed by 
common discourse. The fact that we have common discourse should not be something that is censored, that is discriminated, that is that is silenced in some way because of fear. If you watch, if you look at the Twitter files, I don't know if you guys have seen at least what has been presented by Barry Weiss. There's a Barry Weiss. There they are. They build blacklists. They prevent disfavored tweets, tweets from trending. They actively limit the visibility of entire accounts. That's just some people who are randomly at their own whim concerned that something could be the one the one that got me i don't know if you saw yeah jay Bhattacharya. of course there's what happened to him which is that, to me that's the poster child for the excesses and the incompetence there it is to silence that guy that's incompetent that's disgusting but there was another one where somebody was making a joke and the joke was solid and they went could be construed could be construed and hurt people i thought okay now now we're in crazyville again now this could be construed and could hurt people you're gonna to have to show me evidence for that, unfortunately. And I, I'm gonna tell you, in the world of mental health, when people are fearful of something, dysregulated by something, exposure therapy is how we treat them. We teach that if it's just social interaction or words that people use, we expose them and teach them how to manage that, regulate themselves and respond to that effectively with efficacy. That's what we should be doing with people rather than having them hide in safe spaces. That is the opposite of mental health. And so I've had concerns about this for a long, long time. And I am in no way taking on any groups or any particular aspects of speech. Uh, this applies to everybody in all topics. But if there are people that have evidence that there's something I should be aware of, well, there's a dog under here, um, Let's, let's discuss it. So I want to get to the He's phones. telling you to take calls. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. So I'll, I'll take a break. He's your producer dog. All right, my producer dog as I get with it. Uh, and we will take your calls after this. I want to give the gift that keeps on giving. Genucel Skincare keeps everyone on your holiday list looking young and refreshed. And who doesn't need that type of luxury, especially over the holiday season? Genucel has so many products that Susan and I love. Genucel's XV Moisturizer locks in moisturizer on top of the serums, making dry spots a thing of the past, especially great with the colder climate and all the dryness of our skin, right? And with Genucel's Immediate Effect 2 eye cream, you can see the results in as little as 12 hours, guaranteed or your money back. Susan loves Genucel's DFS Vitamin C Serum, the new deep firming serum, as well as the Hyaluronic with C and Lactic Acid which hydrates your skin and makes fine lines a thing of the past while hopefully preventing future wrinkles from forming. I am a snob when it comes to using products on my face. The dermatologist makes a ton of money from me. But when I was introduced to Genucel, I was so happy because it's so affordable and it works great. I was introduced to the Ultra Retinol Cream, which I love at night. All the eye creams are amazing. People notice my skin all the time, and I'm so excited because it's actually working. Take advantage of amazing holiday savings by going to genucel.com, and you will get 60% off with a special holiday stocking stuffer when you subscribe to my favorites package at genucel.com slash Drew, and all orders are upgraded to free shipping for the rest of the holiday season. We will get it there quickly. Use code Drew at checkout for an extra 10% off your entire order. That is genucel.com slash Drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Drew. Economic turmoil has a lot of people wondering what our government will do next. Will it be more wasteful spending, higher taxes? How do you protect your hard-earned savings? The answer could be gold. Gold is the world's oldest, most proven form of currency, 
It's there when inflation soars and when other assets go sideways. And that's why Birch Gold is thrilled to introduce a new product that reimagines gold as currency, the gold back. This month, you'll get a free gold back for every $5,000 purchased when you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a precious metals IRA with Birch Gold by December 22nd, Susan's birthday, incidentally. Birch Gold will help you own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered account. Visit birchgold.com slash Drew to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of their precious metals specialists. Reminder, I do not give financial advice. This is not financial advice, but you can go to Birch Gold and with every purchase you make before December 22nd, you'll get a free gold back. This is a stocking stuffer just in time for Christmas. Once again, visit birchgold.com slash Drew. Protect your savings with gold today. Back, I'll be taking your calls right now. I just I was watching Twitter. Buy some gold for my birthday and whatnot. And uh, a physician asked a really interesting question on Twitter. He goes, "All right, let me ask you. They paused the J and J vaccine for nine deaths from thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. It's a consumptive coagulopathy. So there were nine deaths from the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, and yet there's concern about tens of thousands of deaths in myocarditis from the mRNA vaccine, and we're supposed to ignore that. I think that's a, good, it's a solid question. That's that's the kind of thing that." It's it's very weird to me. It's just so weird that that these kinds of imbalances exist and that people defend one or the other. It's like let's go solve the problem, everybody. Let's go figure this out. All right, I'm gonna get the calls. All right, here we go. Sorry about all that rambling, but I appreciate you listening. Uh, let's see. This is uh, John. Let's get John up here. There we are. John, go right ahead. You gotta unmute yourself. Everyone remember that. It's uh, the little microphone. Come on, there. You Jahan. Can see it here on the. Uh, By the way, Caleb, get me some more of that DFS. Uh, oh, it's on uh, the way. Can you solve? Okay. Oh yeah, she was because I'm out. She I've, ran out of everything. I, I rub it everywhere. Hey, John. John. Nope, you're muted again. You were unmuted. Come on, Jahan. There he is. John. I feel now. a presence. John, I may have to put you back in the in give him the, a sec in the pool. It's making it's moving. Yeah. The little the little dots are moving. Is that what that means? Yeah, it's unmuted. Mm. Up, up, off, on, off, on. <laughs> oh no! Oh, that sucks. Oh, how's this? Blink. There you are. I hear you. Blinker. What's that, John? How do you take a blinker? How do you take a blinker? Well, that's not making. Oh, sense. guess what? What's How do you that? blink it? How do you blink? Okay, B- Twitter Spaces was muted on my phone oh, on my okay. board, so it was not his fault. Well, it was okay. That's right. He was also a troll. Well, anyways, they missed. They yes, missed the whole so. spiel. I'm sorry on their over on Twitter Spaces, but we're here now. So Let's if you have any up. questions, Let's hit us a co- up. Colleague up here to continue to see if we can get some more good ideas and questions. Go ahead, Shoot. sir. Am I on? This You're show? on. You are on. Hey, Dr. Drew. How are you? Thanks Welcome. for having me again. You bet. Um, so uh, um, I'll, I'll make a comment before I continue the philosophical discussion okay. question you asked. Please. So the gentleman you had on last week, um, the uh, the guy who was talking about the, you know, he was going to uh, vaccinate or he had vaccinated his kids. Yes. And he spoke about how 
um, you know, he, he rattled out of a bunch of statistics. Yeah. And I just wanted to make a point mm. that a lot of this sort of, you know, we have this multi-system inflammatory syndrome, yeah. what, you have, what have you that is ascribed to COVID. Yeah. The problem is we are, we've entered a new era where we are testing so many people for COVID. But, you know, remember in the past, we were not running DFAs or PCRs. Right. For Every time you saw an inflammatory syndrome, we didn't even know what we were looking at. We were like, well, this is macrophage activating syndrome. This mm -hmm. is this. But mm -hmm. we were not we were not we didn't have the tools at our disposal. So I, I think there is uh, there's a confirmation bias that goes into. So, so let me let me put a finer point on it. So, so the multisystem inflammatory thing is a, something we've seen forever. It's now yep. starting to exactly. look like most more explicitly a post viral syndrome. And now we have it linked to this one condition, but not necessarily at a higher rate than other viruses. We just don't have that data yet. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, in, in retrospect, we'll never know what the previous ones mm -hmm. were. Now, in going forward, we can do a PCR for COVID anytime we mm -hmm. want. So I, I, I thought, you know, that, that was a point that was probably being missed. He, he did um, two, two things he said that, that jumped out at me a little bit that I was not really aware of. One was that other... Uh, examples of myocarditis from vaccine therapies tend to be very limited without sequelae. I'd never heard that before. Uh, not necessarily from this vaccine, but other vaccines. A and that the very young tend to have a more exuberant, persistent immune response to the vaccine. So that's just more interesting information. What what exactly we would do with it, I'm not sure yet. Right, right. And he, he also, you know, uh, as you know, uh, the whole myocarditis is tip of the iceberg. We really don't know what's happening to majority of the people who are not seeking medical care. Yeah. And, you know, the long-term data is really not, I mean, it's not the same as prescribing an antihypertensive, right. enrolling 50,000 patients and seeing what happens to them over 10 years. That not, level that's of data absolutely, absolutely correct. And I saw a cardiologist uh, on Twitter the other day said, like two days ago, he said, please stopping, stop calling this mild. I'm seeing tons of scars myocardial scar related arrhythmias and that's what i've been seeing lots of exactly that. we think i think uh, that's what yeah. it is anyway we haven't really documented it that way but it seems like that and so yeah right. that's not mild i don't want to i would not want to have an ablative therapy i would not want to be on an, a full anticoagulation and have ablation and have somebody stuck a wire in my heart and risk stroke at the age of 35 Precisely. Um, I mean, yeah, and, and that's, you know, when we say mild, that's like, that's when a doctor says it's mild, it's mild in what I see. Yeah. If you show me a study of 100,000 people followed over 10 years, then I'm like, yeah, this this is mild. But if you're giving me 50 people in a cohort that, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you've, you've seen them over a year, I'm like, well, my mild and your mild, it, you know, there's not only a subjectivity, but there's also, you know, who made the diagnosis yep. and what happened, you know. So there's, we, we have to be really careful with anything that happens to the heart and anything that happens to the brain. Those yes. are like the two I, I totally agree components. with you. Yep, I you totally know? agree with you. Yep, that's right. Um, and, and to your point, I, I've been thinking about what you've said, and I've been thinking about actually a few for a few weeks now. I mean, what really is the most single most important duty of a physician? Yeah. You know, from everything that we do. Do no harm. What is it? Do no harm and maintain patient autonomy. Yeah. That is yes. my, that's yeah. the single most sacred yeah. thing I can do because yeah. 
I am acutely aware of my limitations, how much I know, how much I can do, and how much I can help someone. Uh, look, uh, it's, I'm, I blanked your name. It's Chauvin. Chauvin? 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 Yes. yes. Chauvin. Chauvin. Yes. Uh, again, uh, that that has been trashed is just mi mysterious to me. Uh, it, it's bizarre that that the, the most cherished, not just even ethical, uh, ethically important uh, principles, but the very essence of medicine has been tossed aside in, in, in the name of some of these things. Uh, that's why I like talking to guys like Dr. Cariotti. He he was a bioethicist, and he had to lose his job and everything because what was happening was not ethical. And he was the head of the bioethics department, and so they just fired him. Exactly. It's crazy. So the, the, the basis of our profession is the ability to maintain your patient autonomy. Yep. And how do you maintain your patient's autonomy without freedom of speech? Oh, my God. And yeah. uh, I, I'm reminded of the immortal words of Frederick Douglass, who said that not allowing freedom of speech is a violation of the rights, not only of the speaker, but of the hearer. Mm. So, you know, if you can't speak freely, are you truly then not in violation of your patient's autonomy? If I can't say something to my patient, that I want to, mm -hmm. and vice versa. I mean, that is that erodes the very basis of yep. the patient-doctor relationship, right? I mean, uh, are I, you in I, California? I are you in California? No, I'm, yeah. no Th that's where I'm, we're being I'm, very much challenged on that front. Yes, and and I, you know, I'm 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 on the East Coast, and uh, it's probably not as it's probably not as bad, but I think this is again, this is a systemic issue mm. where. There used to be a time when uh, we could tell our patients, well, you know, this is what the guidelines say, but you don't have to do it because I think we'll see you back in six months. Let's yeah. have a discussion. Yeah, we'll and make that, this decision. That, that we'll make this decision exactly. together over time. Yeah, no problem. And all the time. Um, I, are you aware of Robert Hutchison's prayer? D have you heard of it? I don't think so. What is it? Okay, so I I was fortunate. I went to med school when I was eighteen, mm. and I was fortunate Ooh, to learn this in in the first year. And if if you don't mind, I'd like to Please. take like just a minute to read it, okay? Do because I, I I think this is everybody should listen to this because this is this is my ethos, and I sincerely hope other people know about it. So it says from from inability to leave well alone. From too much zeal for the new and contempt for what is old, for from putting knowledge before wisdom, science before art, and cleverness before common sense, from treating patients as cases, and from making the cure of disease more grievous than the endurance of the same, good Lord, deliver us. This is this goes right at the heart of the craziness of this idea of misinformation and you know certain things being uh, you know, unacceptable. That's just. It's not biological. It's not how medicine is practiced. There's, you can't have it's all one way or the other. There's an evidence base for what we choose, but ultimately we're choosing based on our clinical judgment that is supported by the evidence, not dictated by the evidence. No, and I come from a family of physicians, and I still have the books that my mother got from her uncle. And if I read those books, I laugh because I'm like, man, that what was evidence-based in those days is now basically firmly entrenched in the realm of quackery. Mm. I mean, that's what's going to happen five years from now. That's when, uh, yeah. what's going to happen 10 years from uh, now. Yeah. And so every time we have this, this extreme swelling of pride saying, you know, I am an evidence-based clinician. I'm like, that's what I think. 
till some young whippersnapper is going to come along and say, you're an idiot, old man. Yeah. And you, you just laugh it off. Yeah. I, listen, as always, I appreciate your point of view and thank, thank you for you being here. Yeah, Thanks, I, it really kind of got me emotionally because that, that's uh, it's 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 just so sad that we can't do what we're trained to do in this idea of it. it it's it's not the same kind of hard science that we <laughs> pretend it is. Uh, let's get well. And Dr. Bhattacharyan was invited to meet Elon Musk to discuss the. Um, Hello. Hi, Catherine. Hang on one second. Hi, hey, one second. What's that, Susan? To discuss well, that? he, you know, he came on our show and told yeah. us how his life was changed mm -hmm. radically because of his point of view, and mm -hmm. and finally, you know, I guess he was on one of the blacklists, right? Mm -hmm. So there it is, right here. That's it's why up. we had him on the show originally. Caleb, Caleb because, put it up. Yeah. So it's um, it's nice to Look, hear because he's such a smart guy. Notice this says strike count zero, and yet they have him on a trends blacklist already. It, it this is the part that was it my my word of the week is egregious if you've noticed drew i've said that a mm. hundred times to you in text this week this yeah. is egregious that you would take someone who was an ex this guy you can't say trust the experts and then exclude someone like doc, dr Bhattacharya. like uh, that's what well, doesn't it's egregious but my me. my word of the year is confused <laughs> i'm confused yes. by the people who say this is this is nothing i i just am so confused by that and and let's be super clear i'm no expert on the first amendment but the first amendment since the first world war has been ad adapted and reinterpreted a number of ways it was originally uh, adapted on behalf of the first world war essentially conscientious objectors and they were being called um uh, treason treasonous for you know suggesting the war was unjust but their right to say so was upheld and it, multiple other incarnations uh, suits you know whatever uh, interpretations and now the standard is not only is it about the government withholding the right the community cannot withhold the, the right of speech that is considered a violation that's in one of the more recent interpretations. And so anybody who says, it's not the government, it's like, yeah, yeah. But the government was in there a little bit, and that's kind of weird and awful, but it doesn't have to be the government. Alexis de Tocqueville recognized this problem in 1822. He said, America has the, the highest level of privilege of free speech and the lowest actualized practice because of what he called the public square. And that public square freedom has been increasingly enhanced through interpretations of the Supreme Court. And now it's pretty well protected but that has been trampled by Twitter. Why is that? Why is that not kind of outrageous or egregious to other people? Catherine, go ahead. Hi, doctor. So, uh, as I'm having my second bout of COVID, actually something came to mind. I think what they've done by demonizing the drugs that shall not be named, we are going now in the direction of what they were so concerned with by um, outlawing abortion, which is my girlfriend gave me pills that she got from Mexico. My own doctor said, go ahead and take it. And I am because my sister in Europe, when she got COVID, she was given Plaquenil, which is the brand name for yeah. hydroxy. Yeah. So what? So, and I'm looking so at the happened? pill today. Really, the question is, what, what, what happened to my body, my choice? <laughs> where, well, where'd that also, go? Where'd that go? I'm looking at the pill that she brought in going, where did she get this from? What is this laced with? I, know. I mean, we're doing this I underground know. again. I yeah, it's not good. And then with AB 2098, my doctor can't even speak freely in an exchange with me. And now I'm wondering, how are they planning to enforce this? So if I go to my doctor's office in January, are they going to record this on video? My well, there, there is fear amongst the physicians that they'll either get targeted, like someone will come in and document 
you know, uh, some some doctor who is using these medications, or that they will be disgruntled for some reason and then use it as you know a way to get back at that physician. So, I yeah. miss Doctor Zelenko. What's you miss Doctor Zelenko? Yeah. What what brought yeah, that up all him. of a sudden? I don't know. Somebody somebody emailed and said they wanted to know about some um um oh god some what do they call it the uh doctors you know when they do their oh shit my brain is broken today mm. but anyways he i looked into i scrolled into the whatsapp he had like a whatsapp thing with a bunch of people mm-hmm. and me and he has all these links to if back into 2020 i mean he's been he probably sent me something every day yeah. and i was scrolling through it and i was like gosh he was so right from the beginning like he, he was right in a lot of respects he, he, he went kind of over the top but it, that's no, the, i know but, but whatever he I mean, predicted it at the very beginning he hated Fauci, but um, it was like I just read through that today, and I was like, God, I wish you know. Send, send it to me. Let me see how much of it. Really I you have to go up. on my WhatsApp. I'd have to just, send just you. Just know that nobody thousand literally minutes. nobody got it all right all the time. Okay, and and that's the way these moving targets are. They're, they're that's why. But uh, Chauvin and I were just saying it's it's a, it's an art. It's, we're trying to figure it out as we go. Many times he was a good doctor. He was a good doctor. He was a very caring doc, very caring guy, and that's a that's eighty percent of the job, really. Winston, hey, Doctor Drew, hey, um, real quick, just wanted to touch on the first point that you said, um, and this is almost just to clear my conscience. Okay. So the beginning of COVID, um, like I was completely freaked out seeing videos coming out of Wuhan. The media is mm-hmm. not talking about it. Looks like World War Z over there, mm-hmm. and this is at the time when you were saying. You know, it's no big deal. Calm, Calm down. down, settle down. And um, I'd sent you some shitty tweet, and I'm sure you didn't see it. <laughs> probably but did. It was something we probably yeah. did. We saw a lot of shitty it tweets. It was shitty. I saw it. <laughs> it was it was <laughs> shitty in the fact of like you were telling people to fly, and I was like, oh, good job. Look what you again. Did I block you? Of, <laughs> no. <laughs> Twitter. Ooh, Twitter. Ended up doing but it but later. you are you are welcome here, my friend. It's all good. Uh, at any just, rate, I, I again, understand. Like, I understand. You're, it you're, just reminds me of uh, um, John Maynard Keynes, one of my favorite quotes. He's in a debate, and the guy says, well, you used to say this. And he looks at him and says, well, as the facts change, so does my opinion. What do you do, sir? Yeah, So exactly. Um, but I figured I wanted to – the question I wanted to ask you is maybe uh, kind of st- strap on the tinfoil a little bit. <laughs> Did you see um, – again, because my only critique would be it seems like – and it's got to just be from your – decades of experience with Fauci, but you're seeing so resistant. I am. To, it's a bias. To, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a complete bias. bias. It's a right? bias. I, I'm, I'm happy to tell you it's a bias. It's a bias built on all that experience, right? And so he's been so exquisitely helpful all these years. It's, it's really, I, I understand he's been adulterated. I understand where people are critical of him. I get why they're critical. I'm emotionally having a hard time letting go because I always feel like, first of all, he, his, his exquisite uh, guidance over all these years deserves a, the benefit of the doubt, number one. But the other is, I feel like people tend to revert to the mean, and I keep expecting him to go back to his mean. And he's been a little bit lately. I see it. I get it. I understand what people are, are concerned about. Elon Musk is concerned about it. He, he felt that he had been uh, maybe you know less than truthful and under oath a couple of times. And he certainly has been obfuscating quite a bit, right? When you go, Dr. Fauci, you're telling us you can't. we cannot gather in large crowds, and yet if we're going to go demonstrate you're saying that's okay he goes i i I don't know what you're talking about well he of course he knew what they were talking about so that's the kind of thing that i i get it i get the obfuscation is hard to hard to deal with 
But I also get this was an extremely, just like you're saying, it's an extremely difficult time. Lots of people made calls that maybe they wouldn't make under different circumstances. You know, it, it, uh, so, I but, mean, but it's, <laughs> thankfully it's not up to me to be the judge and jury for this man. That's for sure. Well, and just looking, I mean, again, like he's got to almost have like a kind of a borderline father figure role to you considering yeah. you were so young when you were working yeah. with him. I yeah. mean, that's, who knows yeah. what it would take to kind of break that. Well, it's, it's, it goes in and out. When I talk to Mr. Corolla, I'm, you know, he really, <laughs> he really doesn't like him. And, and I go, yeah, okay, okay, okay. I get it, I get it, I get it. And so I'll go well, along with him. But then emotionally, when I step back, I'm like, but yeah, but still. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, imagine and, if it was just Dr. X and I right. told you what Dr. X did. Yes. I, then how, I mean, it would completely pivot, I'm sure. I, I think it would. I, th I like to believe I mean, it. Like, the and guys my, out there saying like natural immunity. What is immunity? Immunity. I've never heard of such a thing. I know. What? I, I know. That's it, the obfuscation, right? That's just sort of, huh? What? I don't understand these things you're talking about. Like that, that's not okay. That's not not you good. Know what? Bad form. And maybe he has a. And by the way, I'm leaving open the door to the possibility that he has a cognitive problem. He yeah, but you know what, Drew? Old. Remember maybe when he started getting super popular and yeah. he was in, and they were interviewing him on all these yeah, programs, and yeah. it was like. It, it was almost like a, he got caught up in that, you know, it wasn't it was like he was being a doctor. Maybe. He wasn't like, you know, he, it was like, it was a little too much for me even. And I, you know, I peddle your wares everywhere, but, um, oh. I, I seriously thought he was a, like, he was turned into a God overnight. And I thought, okay, something's really wrong with that. Well, well and he, look at, look at Dr. Ahead. Drew, like look yeah. at your career. Like you had a, a slow grind to get your notoriety. He went from a person you'd see on a random C-SPAN interview, which is the question I have for you, but all of a sudden he's on everyone's mind. Everybody knows who he is. It, so it, it's versus... a good point. We, we don't know what that does to people. I, I always yeah. feel like people that have their sort of, their Look runner in the water and have a day job and stuff don't get that taken by that stuff. But you never know. I you're tend right. to think that's happening with McCullough. Well, you know, then trying, and you can't admit the truth when you're in that, position because suddenly everybody knows who you are like he i don't know if he would have admitted what was going on well, the, the real the real question that has to be answered is did he know about the gain of function stuff and and did he fund it he did there's so he well much might smoke have. i know he well I mean, might have he well might have from, I, I listen my mind is open I'm, I'm, I did you work with collins at all no uh okay because no. did you see the lex lex freeman interview with him N no but i'll listen to it when is it oh my is it god recent? Like, so I I'd always enjoyed the hell out of Lex. I, yeah, I, me too. And then, I mean, just today, Ed Calderon. Anybody who hasn't heard that just came out today. Phenomenal, great guy. But he did two back-to-back -back interviews: one with Albert Borla, mm. CEO of Pfizer, and then the next one with Francis Collins. And I was, I try to be a very even-keeled human being. Yeah, I was flailing my arms, shouting into What'd the you learn? ether. Like, would you? Oh, learn? it that they are lying through their teeth. Oh, about. I mean. <clears throat> gain of function specifically oh. he mentioned that to him in passing and it was a real pillow fight of an interview and there was no hard-hitting questions they brought up gain of function and literally francis collins and i actually watched the video of this just mm -hmm. so i could read his body language mm -hmm. he's like well i mean first off actually we have to figure out what uh, what gain of function is i mean like oh. my eyeglasses are gain of function because my eyes didn't work and now they've gained function wow. like are you out of your mind wow it's wow. wild that's interesting all right i will listen yeah. to that thank you uh, but the, the the central question I have for you is, again, back to Fauci, did you ever see, and again, there's just so many coincidences that pile up with this. Yeah. This was, I, I want to say, two weeks after event 201 that we spoke about in the past. Yeah. He's at, a, um, at the Milken Institute having a panel discussion, 
and they're talking about a universal flu vaccine. And there's Fauci himself saying, well, we can't just blow up the system in order to do it. We have to do all this testing. And if we were to do something like that, and then the next guy says, well, you know, there's always a chance of some crazy virus coming. I I shit you not, some crazy virus coming out of China. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, well, then we could beam out RNA. And they're talking about mRNA vaccine tech. Uh. And this is, again, October 29th, 2019. Well, have you read that, um, what, that, was that, that, that trial, that, that, that sort of war game they did? Oh, yeah. Oh, Event 201, event, Spars. Yeah, that's Event 201 thing, right. It was just yeah. unbelievable how it was exactly what happened. And so by again, the way, the public reacted the way they predicted they would react to all this. It really sounds well, like you got to look at the Spars pandemic. There's a PDF of their whole thing that um, we spoke about in the past. Yeah. I dropped a link and went up. But anyways, it Spars really goes into the social media aspect of it and how yeah. it's played out, even to the vaccine injuries, how they're suppressing it. But if you look at uh, what the earlier physician you were speaking to said, you know, they stopped J&J for a handful of deaths, but yeah. with mRNA, like, yeah. and I just tend to wonder. So you got the 2019, again, October, same month, exact same month as event 201. Like two weeks later, and they're talking about a universal vaccine using RNA tech. How could they get it done? And now there's so many vaccines. I go into the quarterlies of all these vaccine companies, um, kind of in the Ed Dowd vein. Mm-hmm. Except like if, like if Ed Dowd was like like Forrest Gump meets Ed Dowd. That's me Got kind it. of approaching these things. So I'm Got like, it. I think these numbers mean something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but, uh, but like, there's so many vaccines. Like just the pipeline is so full of mRNA. So I'm like, is it just a pure greed play? I struggle with that. That it's just greed. Doesn't it? I mean, again, I think these are all motivations and biases. Try not to get cartoonish in the interpretation. That that's all my. Yeah, it's one injunction. Just understand people are fallible. People have motivations. People are, for the most part, trying to do the right thing, but they have all their cognitive and whatever kind of biases in place and. Yeah, it it and the the one the one thing in this whole thing that seemed new to me was people's glee and uh, seeming enthusiasm for controlling other people's lives and telling other oh. people what to. That is that is weird and disgusting to me. L- look at a parking attendant if you don't have a ticket. Like you give somebody a just a, a little bit of inch power. of power, yeah, and and it just. It goes. There's a, a right. phenomenal book that will make you sick to your stomach to read. Uh, Ordinary men about the Germany. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. in the invasion of poland and like yeah. and it, it's such a slow process yeah. and it, well, it's really gross how it happens we but have to push back push back we, right my friend i've got lots of calls i gotta get to i really appreciate you being here but thank you for uh hey, I, think, check I, think, out, I think you apologize take a look at that video and i, I will i, I did I will. so my <laughs> conscience is clear energy i do too so <laughs> welcome, you guys are all welcome here trust me uh, let's see here. I got to get, I got so many people who want to come. Sorry, Drew, your screen switched out. So yeah, what happened there? I'm looking at your screen and then I got the VMix on the right. I don't know. Something it's, happened. It's some tech issue stuff. Okay. I'm trying. Uh, Colin is up now. I think Colin is the name. Chris, Chris, maybe Chris hey. is. Hey, there you are. That's is it Colin. Chris or Colin? You can hear me, eh? Yeah. Hey. Hi. Um, well, thanks for taking my call. And, uh, by the way, also thank you for being, uh, an excellent kind of anchor during this entire mess. Um, I've been listening to you folks for like a year. And well, I mean, I listened to you in Loveline years ago. Back when. Um, no, that, that, been, is it Chris or Colin? Which is it? 
It, it's Colin. Colin. So Colin, that, that was our goal, just to be a place to a safe place to calm down, connect, get the try to and, get the information right, try to understand. Oof, and, like and honestly, you guys nailed it. And yeah. and I've got to thank it. Like I can't thank you enough. That's very um, and I'm kind of glad that things are turning around with um, Musk buying Twitter and us seeing things sort of turn toward the freedom of speech. The light. Can you well, understand I mean, why people don't like it? I'm really, I really always want to understand the other point of view. I, I, I get well, they're fearful that it will hurt other people, but that seems like a to me. It seems like a uh, what is Robert Hendricks? Robert I Hendrick think it's called? concern trolling. To be honest, I, I don't feel like that's in good faith. Um, or like, not in evidence. Uh, at least not in evidence. Yeah, there's no evidence. Yeah. And I think some people, especially people who have platforms and lots of, you know, followers or whatever are are pushing the idea that this is bad. Well, but, Rob, Robert Henderson has this concept of luxury beliefs. And this yes. this whole thing is the beliefs of these elites that that increase their power but reduce the uh effectiveness of you know reduce the 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 life of people that they claim to be wanting to help yeah and i like robert henderson quite a bit i i i do follow him i i'm subscribed to his um newsletter right um something that i noticed today with one of the uh, twitter releases was uh from barry weiss mm. was that as soon as they banned trump and like i'm not really one way or the other on trump but uh, as soon as they banned him, the conversation turned to COVID. Mm. It's almost like the energy and sort of momentum that they had, because it's a very heavy. You, you know what? My understanding. I, 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 that's really, really interesting to me because I've been saying from the beginning, I, I keep thinking that these excesses, there's so many excesses that they've got to all be sort of, I, I'm using a, you know, a term that people toss around. It's got to be Trump derangement syndrome. Like it doesn't seem scientific. Yeah. Like uh, just from, I mean, Can I don't it? like. Open I'm not it? a PhD, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, uh, I I have this idea kind of that there is something pushing this forward, and I don't e think e it's scientific. Even now, yeah, even now, yeah. and the pushback doesn't seem to be coming from scientists so much as the mainstream media that, oh, that was always sort of against Trump and, and the media that really. I mean, literally, they learned how to pronounce a medication, and the, ne and the next day, I have a violent <laughs> opinion about it. I hydrolocine. Yeah, like, I mean, I, yeah they don't I've know been what using it for thirty years. I and I, why are we talking? Why are you safe. even talking to me about it? You shouldn't even be discussing it with us. Yeah, and I, and that was even before. I think that I mean, he was the first guy to mention it, and then suddenly, this is now on their radar. Yeah, their shit list. Yeah. I I just find it like I, I feel like the bad faith pursuit of politics really poisoned the discussion. And unfortunately, I think that a lot of the people who deal with either if they're interns at the White House or if they're interns at Washington Post, they all use Twitter and they sure. all kind of reinforce these biases on themselves. Oh, sure. But but and now they're but thrashing the, back. But the one, right, they're getting a little bit of taste of what they've been dishing out and they, they don't like it. I don't blame them. I didn't like it either. But <laughs> but the but the uh the fact that it was so worldwide is, is what it's just again like makes me shake my head. Like how how well, the hell? That that is something that is very concerning. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not really sure what to make of it. I mean, I know that there are these NGOs, I know that there are these 
you know, I don't want to get conspiratorial, but, you know, there are these partnerships that transcend political parties and nations. I'm not really sure what to make of them. And when they all start getting together at Davos or whatever, yeah. and they start talking about, well, we're going to make a, a a plan for the next time this happens. Well, this hasn't happened before yeah. in the way that it happened this time. That's right. So, so what does that really mean? Great <laughs> like, question. Yeah. Um, when you say um, we're going like to make it. sure next time we get it right, it's, it's, it's like, bad enough when we have elected official making decision for us. It's extremely disturbing when non-elected officials are driving the ship, whether it's well, exactly. public health officials locally or somebody at Davos. All of that is very disturbing. Yeah, I agree. And I, and again, I'm not like a conspiracy theorist. I, I'm not. It's just strange that, like, I, I'm up in Canada, mm. and our deputy prime minister sits on the board at the WEF. And I'm not saying the WEF is one thing or the other. I don't know that much about them other than reading a, some of their literature. Uh, but it's pretty weird. It's weird. Um, it's all weird, but I, I appreciate you keeping your eye on it, Colin. I, I've got to keep going. i got many calls i got to get to here. I appreciate it very much. Um, and I agree. And please, as you see more, bring it my way. This is, uh, Alexi. Probably it's, uh, yes, oh, hello. Hey there. Oh, yeah. Huge fan. Uh, but I have, I have a comment, uh, from the guest you had on, on Friday, I believe. Yes. I'm like our biologist. So I, I felt like, uh, some of his comments were a bit disingenuous, especially, um, as hand waving away of, myocarditis events uh, yeah. for yeah. Uh, especially considering uh, you have two Nordic countries, Denmark and I believe Sweden that have basically uh, in uh, completely uh, refused to give vaccines to people like people 124, I believe in Denmark. Um, and I think it's for the uh, younger age group in Sweden. So there's definitely a big concern yeah, and, then, and, I, and I apologize. Some of that was my fault for not pushing back on that very issue. When I walked away from the interview, it was the one thing I was like, ugh, I, was, I should, have, should have asked about why other countries have concerns and if he has none. Yeah. Um, I also have uh, one other comment. Uh, I'm also myself a, a molecular biologist, and I remember you guys were talking about um, a dead hand on the on the transcript of the mRNA vaccine, like yes. basically how how yes. it would get shut off. Or, yes. well, I, I kind of just took a peek on you know the the sequence is publicly available, and really it's it's very hard to. Uh, uh, see like what the transcript half-life is mm. um, in, in, in real life. Mm. Uh, the, uh, that pseudouridine or the modified uridine in the transcript itself, uh, it, it does uh, prolong uh, the stability by basically not being immediately degraded. But then the rest of the sequence itself is just like kind of normal. So, so I, I have a couple questions for you. So a lot yeah. is being made of that altered, uh, that pseudouridine, so-called. Uh, yeah. it, you're not that concerned about that. It causes persistence, but not, uh, you know, unrestricted persistence. Yeah, it causes persistence, okay. but eventually, uh, once basically the transcript, you know, is uh, translated, you still have kind of nominal it, uh, it, it, degradation. It makes. Is it possible that some people produce more of the spike than others in some sort of like significant way? 
It, sure, I mean, you could have, you know, people have di different tissue specific uh, kind of uh, expression. Machinery, I mean, right? The machinery is different. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So, so I'm starting to want because the, the thing I'm wanting to zero in on is some of the stuff that like um, Ryan Cole was reporting and all this, you know, endothelial deposition of spike protein and excess, everything I suggested yeah. excess spike. And I thought, well, but if that's one in a million, mm, but if it's one in a hundred, like how frequent is that? And that's another thing I criticized myself for. I didn't, I didn't really ask him that question. So we got to find that yeah. out. We got to find that out. And then, uh, gosh darn it, was the, uh, another uh, sort of molecular biology question. Uh, stupid brain. Can, can you do something about the aging brain? We work on that for me. I'm having that day too. Oh, I know what it was. I, I don't see any way that the that mRNA gets into the DNA. Do you believe that? Are you with me on that or against me on that? I haven't looked at that one in vitro study. Two, there are two I now. Like, there are two. Oh, is it two? Yeah. But are they, are they in cell culture? Yes. I mean, yes. yeah. I, I'll, have to, I'll have to look in that. It seems like an extremely kind of uh, exotic mechanism. Uh, I, I would, I would, I would have to honestly have a look at that. I'm right. not sure. Please do and get back unlikely. to me. Please do. <laughs> yeah, it seems <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> yeah, it seems impossible to me. Like just evolutionarily, yeah. it seems impossible. We're just not. We are not set up yeah. with that kind of machinery. So, all right, my friend. Yeah. Any last questions or words here? Uh, yeah, I think one thing, uh, Ryan, uh, Dr. Ryan Cole, uh, I think you mentioned that maybe uh, there's a problem doing like the, kind of the histology staining for the spike protein. Expensive. It's but expensive. It's, but but I guess yeah, it's expensive, but it's, it's it's pennies on a dollar, you know, when you're looking at, you know, something as, as massive as this and the reagents you, are you would think. commercially available. You would so, think. You, you would think. Uh, so you're back to my, you you must sit around all day and do what I do and shake your head and go, why aren't we doing this? Why? What's going on? Yeah. Right, 100%. yeah. Like the system isn't working right. Like something's off. Something is. I don't know. Anyway, but yes, I agree with yeah. you. And please do look at those studies and let me know what you what you find. I really appreciate it. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, I had Joe Giannata up there a minute ago. I was just going to get him. I wonder if Jahan can come back, John, because we screwed that up at the beginning. Uh, I think he was trolling. It seemed like. Oh, that guy was. Like, yeah, I think he was trolling. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think they could hear. Like you had, I didn't have the sound on until the questions. So it, by we that time, it was on. <laughs> yeah, we that's heard some weird. Sound. This is Giuseppe. I believe. How could they hear? It was it was muted on my end. Giuseppe. Hey guys. Hey there. How are you? Great. How are you? Excellent. I feel like uh, I don't know. I think that uh, after these two years, Doctor, I'm thankful that you can finally exhale a little bit. I feel like you had two years on uh, on some sort of full-on Soviet-era silencing. <laughs> uh, especially you, because you were attacked pretty pretty harshly in the, I think it was a year ago, right? Three years ago. Oh, yeah. Well, there's oh, a few waves of it. There were, there were a few waves. But uh, originally it was what? Was that 19? Dr. Droops. It was still nine. It was twenty. It was early twenty. We still don't know who that Doctor Droops guy is that made that video of you that got. Seems like there should be legal remedies for that stuff. I know. Can Elon one. buy YouTube and find out for me? <laughs> <laughs> so what's up, Giuseppe? But no, I, I understand. Like, and I think everybody should see what happened to you and understand. Like, and consider this: this is the first time in history where doctors shut their offices to their patients mm -hmm. and stop seeing them. Yep. And you know, I grew up in Italy, so I studied Manzoni's book from 1600, in which they had the worst, the worst black plague that mm -hmm. has ever been on earth. Mm -hmm. And you know, that was a real, real uh, 
disease with piled up bodies everywhere. And doctors didn't just shut their doors. Yep. Um, but, um, you know, during the peak of the pandemic, and I want to ask you this, my thought, obviously I was concerned like everybody else, but I had a thought. I thought, um, if this is as bad as they're making it, the first place that we will see it concretely is prisons mm -hmm. because they cannot isolate, right? Yeah, there, the there, I remember where... early on there were some prison outbreaks, but these are young people mostly, right? Yeah. So they did okay, uh, but we weren't allowed yeah. to hear. We weren't allowed to hear about that. You couldn't hear about the 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 age issue in COVID was carefully obfuscated. It was carefully hidden. Uh, if you if you look, I I know this because Adam Carolla, who I do another podcast with, started screaming about this in maybe June of 2020. He was he would pull up a video of of CNN telling you know the names of people that had died, and he'd just go, "What's their age?" Because they would not tell the age, and we when they started finding the ages, 84, 97, 89, it was it was clearly a certain age group being affected. Not not exclusively, I understand, but for the most part, and that was carefully hidden. Why they hid that, I don't know. It reminds me of what we did with AIDS, where we kept saying everyone's you know equal opportunity, it's going to get everybody, and it we still think it would have had we not been so fear based in our in our messaging. But again, that's Dr. Fauci's bias. He feel he felt like that worked back then, so maybe that's what caused him to use fear so much now. It's just that it got rocket fuel for some reason. Yeah, there is an interesting. I, I was listening earlier, so you have an issue with being more on the critical side when it comes to Fauci. Is that, is that right? No, I'm more on the supportive side. I'd say that I've I've been from the beginning saying just let that guy do his job, and you guys listen to it, and we'll be fine. Because I I've had so many years of experience with him and and following him and being guided by him that I thought that's all we need to do because he's all, he knows how to do this stuff and he's a good source and let's let him be the leader. Um, it got all screwed up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always saw him as a careerist, and the careerist is a person that just makes sure he's soft-spoken, makes sure that he never says anything that is extreme. Yes. And then looking back at that AIDS video, that uh, interview from, I think it's 30 years ago, I don't know if you remember it, um, there is a very important interview that he gives in on video about AIDS, where I, I don't want to say the wrong things, but it's in the line of that he can be caught by um kissing and it was the way saying it is the same way he was talking about covid and i think you yes. know 30 years later he should have known better yeah. but you can also see that he's following a pattern he's following yes. guidelines yep. and he's not genuine when he speaks and that's why listen uh, you know neosh standards you know osha standards any type of specific jobs that require a specific respirator mask, they never they never say just a mask, but there is a niche classification. Oh yeah. So so you can't just say wear a mask. And yep. and when people started wearing cotton masks or like Alyssa Milano her own <laughs> handmade mask that yep. would prevent. No, listen. Yeah. I, there were the the. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Giuseppe. The 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 mechanical engineers and the the uh, the what do you call them? The fluid, you know, the the airflow engineers and things had grave concerns at the very beginning. We actually had a woman on here right in the beginning of the pandemic. Remember that, Susan? And she was she was saying cloth don't work. Uh, the 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 uh, 
Surgical don't work. And he, he, she but when was, you sneeze, it sprays even she was farther through the, the mesh. Like she it, was convinced the N95 was causing aerosoling and causing it to go even further out into the in the environment. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of concerns. I remember Leopold had concerns about so it. So instead of six feet, it would go 60 feet. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> All right, Genius. But uh, we all wore the mask. Bring Christy mm -hmm. up here. Um, Christy, unmute your mic there. Thank you. This is my first time calling into a space. Thank you. You're welcome. I have things I'd like to jump off of people. I'm a recent former coordinator and project manager using mRNA, LNP oh, with good. mammalian cells. Excellent. And I need to jump off of what someone just said and make a little correction there good, of the microbiologist. And I worked for the top plasmid company in the world Go as ahead. an antibody specialist. Go ahead. I have not been invited on podcasts. Uh, I just think because I'm a recent joiner to Twitter. Okay. Well, welcome. So, <laughs> I, I, so I have much. a bunch of questions. So one of the things, um, how are you on the uh, lipid capsule, the, the lipid nano, nanoparticles? Can I ask you some um, questions about that? Um, I'm all right, but I okay. had I, I have a real simple three question. things I wanted to okay, get to. Uh, and I'll let now. you be, let me just answer this one question. <laughs> okay. the, the people make a lot of the lipid nanoparticles go everywhere. And my feeling yeah. on that is, so what? <laughs> I, have, I have a zero, I have zero concern about that. Should I be? Yes, they aggregate and they are different sizes. Uh, if you think of when you put oil in water, yeah. if you're cooking, yes. and when you would use olive oil, it all gathers together. Yes. So that may be an issue when we've seen studies of, am I allowed to say this? The the studies that include injuries that have happened, like there was a double retinal detachment that happened afterwards. You know, How does that happen? What caused you know the pressure to build up in the vitreous of the eye to cause two retinal detachments? in the same person at the same time that is a, an actual peer-reviewed study that and, uh and that was Kelly, a, and that was the lipid nanoparticles getting in there that was a talk we were having uh, if it was a combination of that and what the microbiologist just spoke to uh we would do small runs so what i would do in my job was we would take lnp and we'd do mrna mm -hmm. and we would use human embryonic kidney cells mm -hmm. and chinese hamster ovary and we would do a test small run to see which cell would produce more of the protein, which is what's happening in the human body. So when that microbiologist talked to different cells expressing at different amounts, that's true as well. Like we we don't know which cells in the human body express what amounts of protein. I'll, I'll throw that same question out to you that I asked him. Are, are different genetic machineries, different individuals, Possibly prone to producing excess protein, like really more than the than the average. That I don't know, but I know okay. different cells in general produce Do different that. different okay. amounts because okay. we were aiming for certain protein amounts mm -hmm. when we were doing custom manufacturing. Like if we did a monoclonal antibody, you would use uh, a, a mammalian, a mammal cell, I understand. and then you would make the cell the powerhouse to make that protein and either you'd burst the cell to get it out or it would express it and we'd collect it and then we'd purify it. I, I thank you for that. You, you kept me from being hospitalized with, uh, if you had anything to do with bamlanivimab, that was a very effective medicine for alpha and delta. 
Um, I so, may have, and I worked for the company that if you've seen a recent breakthrough in the news and some coming down the pipeline, especially, well, I can't say uh, the company I worked for or I had a hand in that, yes. Well, yeah. th- thank you. We need more. We need more uh, innovation. I changed but, careers. I changed careers, though. So. Okay. Well, you but you have you obviously have knowledge in this area, and I want to keep going. So yeah, Why that, was is that? One of, that was one of your. Well, Susan wants to know what your career is after you ask your three questions. You asked. You you made one comment already. What are the other two? So there's two two things that I want to state. Yeah. Uh, when we produced antibodies or proteins, uh, an antibody is always a protein, mm-hmm. but not all proteins are antibodies. When we made those in the cells two things would happen. And that's what no one is talking about, which really frightens me. Mm. Number one, it is not uncommon for a protein to misfold. And in order to get it to fold the proper way, we had to put it through a two-step process using uh, what's called a buffer mm-hmm. and a detergent. Those aren't present in the human body. No. And it wasn't uncommon. It wasn't all the time, but one of my worries, and it wasn't something that I thought about until you know, far into the process of the production of those vaccines is, is how often is that happening in humans because the human body doesn't know how to refold a foreign protein. And and perhaps that is at the core of some of these uh, reactions we're starting to document. You know, maybe this maybe that's the issue. Like the spike protein as such, properly folded, maybe doesn't do some of the things they, they misfolded. I just wild speculation, but we may one day find that to be true. Thank you. That's why I wanted to hop on this call because they, I knew there were other doctors and nurses listening. Uh, the other thing that happens when you make a protein recombinantly in a cell is it can fragment. And uh, when, so it can, you can have little pieces of it and not the whole spike protein so that mRNA being injected into people is making the ribosome produce the the proteins and we saw fragments and we had to filter through columns if you think of like a straw yeah. Yeah. and by size exclusion is one way or we would put a little tag on the protein with nickel but you could never use metal in a human so it was only when we were working with people who were using animals if we had a little tag to catch it but we would sort out by size because that was going to be an issue. So when the proteins made in the body, antibodies are generated in response to that protein. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, are other antibodies being made in response to the fragments? And what are those? And were those even tracked in the studies? And they have to be, right? They must be. I don't know. Or, or they're just being hydrolyzed or something out of existence. But you would think. It's a good question. It's a great question. So let me ask uh, for Susan's benefit. What, what are you doing now? And why'd you change? <laughs> no, I said, go. Oh, really? Yeah, go figure. <laughs> Thanks. I, I initially went to school to be a pharmacist and to work in endocrinology. And I was in an accident out in nature and mm. I had a long recovery. Mm. And that's how I lump, I jumped into biotech instead of finishing that program. And I realized I wasn't getting patient interaction and I did amazing things. And I was like the... Uh, like the, the office mom, like I'm in my 40s, but people were coming to me with their you're therapist. Problems. You're a therapist now. Yes. Yep. There you I, go. I could, I could hear it in your voice. You know I, what? I could hear is it. She, is she? I, I hear the pro, what we call vocal prosody. Yeah, I yeah. Hear. Would she be able to answer that question about how long the, the spike proteins take to get out of your system or the mRNA? She, well, Remember she, that yeah, question? Yeah, we, we were just saying that. We were just. Like, I know, but. I could not missed. understand a damn thing you guys were okay, saying. Okay, so. okay, hold on. So congratulations. What, what's your training? Oh, there you are. Um, 
So I initially started in applied behavioral analysis to work with uh, kids who have autism spectrum mm-hmm. disorder. And I was spending time um, with them doing that. And I realized I wanted to work with adults. And so I have ABA, um, almost completed that degree. And then I jumped into uh, clinical mental health, working with attachment trauma, pain oh, management. There, I hear the attachment stuff. I, I You're good at it. So keep going. Oh. Keep going that way. Keep going. I'm psychodynamic, but the pain management, I was able to do a lot because, you know, I have knowledge of from, you know, anatomy and physiology and the hippocampus and cortical treatment. The patients, the patients need that. Factor. They need that that sort of cognitive side, but they need the attachment side also to right. regulate and to be able to downregulate the the what they're experiencing. Okay, listen, we have to, we have to keep moving here. Somebody I, said, yeah, Susan, epigenet, epigenically. How long could the transition of the ribosome be altered? Great question. Thank you. Thank I still you. want to know. Well, wait, wait, what, wait, what is the answer? Oh, I posted a, and I posted a study underneath this chat, by the way, on ablation that I did a presentation on that I think you'll think is interesting on Twitter. So Susan, so, right, Susan, Susan asked a little bit of refinement what we were talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm not how, refined How at long all. the spike is being produced by the current vaccine? That you really, you weren't, were you at that level of? Does it come out of your system we were, eventually? We were popping the cells to extract it yeah. or it would express it. But I know I've seen some literature on the, the biodistribution that they were tracking that maybe weeks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think people are worried that it goes longer. That's the thing. So, all right. Listen, Christy, thank you so much. Thanks again. Christy. Yes, thank Christy. you. Have a good night. Sorry to break wait, in. Wait, Christy, wait. Uh, this is Caleb, Caleb Nation. I'm the, one of the producers of the show. Uh, please expect an email from me if I can find your contact info because I would. Uh, this is a very interesting conversation, and you sound like an expert that we need to hear more from on these topics. So I'm, I might be reaching out soon to to see if we can talk to you some if, more. If you're comfortable, so at least help us understand. Yeah, some of the, yeah, help us understand some of these topics. So that's good. Thank you. Okay. I love to. Thank you. All right, you got, you got a so super chat, Drew. You got a super chat what from was the question? from Brady. Thank and you. What, what did Brady want? Did he have a question? Oh, God, to it's scrolling. It's hard to read this. Hold Uh-oh. on. A Are you on restream? Yeah, but um, I don't see it. Forty healthy male this year began having severe PVCs, one to two percent year. Took Pfizer vax after echo, EKG, heart monitor, cardiologist visits. He has not concurred. He is not concerned. Okay. Thinking Toporel fifty milligrams per day. Yeah. So wean off, making me tired. Thanks. Okay, so he's talking about ventricular extra, extra. I, I assume he had PVCs. Is that what it was, Susan? PVCs? Yes. Yeah, which are called premature ventricular contractions, which are very benign in a, in a normal heart. What did I say? PCVs? You said PVCs or something. PVCs, yeah. Uh, and, That's like and, a pipe in a hardware store. I know what that is. Yeah, and if, they, if you have too many of them per hour, they're associated with cardiomyopathy. And if it's came from the vaccine and there's a, you know, some sort of scarring there, maybe the vac- maybe the kind of rhythm disturbance could be a little more serious. This is not the kind of thing we worry about from the vaccine. These are kind of normal. Uh, the thing I worry about, these rapid supraventricular arrhythmias or the sudden more serious ventricular arrhythmias, which we are seeing an uncanny amount of. Now, your thing, I, I do agree it probably should be treated. I wouldn't want to take a beta blocker. You're on Toprol right now. And I, that would make me too tired. I wouldn't, I wouldn't dig it. So you might want to talk to your doctor about other possible interventions or at least get on as low a dose as Toprol as possible. So uh, I agree with how they're treating you and you shouldn't be really worried about it. The doctor's not worried either. So I don't think you should be. Are we all cool with me getting some more calls here? Yeah, sure. Okay, hold on. 
I don't know what's going on with her phone. I had my gate fixed today because we have a weird. Oh, is that what that was? And it's ringing now on that line. I don't know what's going on. And then the dogs bark because they think somebody's at the gate. Okay, hold on. Sorry. I don't know why it's happening. There's nobody down there. All right. Here's somebody called Satan's Kitty. So hold on, everybody. (laughs) Satan's Kitty. I don't know if that's a. I like that. Not a real name. I I like that. Satan's kitty. It's not a real name. They okay. Call me Scott. Scott. That's, 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 that makes me a little more comfortable, I must tell you. So what's up? Uh, so <laughs> my thing is, besides the whole censorship of free speech mm. and everything else in the blacklist, I mean, like, I might have not agreed with the speech that they censored, but I'm kind of still very appalled by it. Right. It's It's the child exploitation material that was viewed over 10 million times. Yes. Uh, and it's this Roth guy. I can, I might be misquoting the tweet saying it's strange that I'm working on some ch- protecting children. It's it's what were these? And and so my question is, yeah, it, it's shocking that this? look we're friends with Eliza Blue. We've had her who we we're going to try to get today, but yeah, she we were, can't come. We we're really trying hard to get her. I today. can probably get her at the end of the show, Wednesday or Thursday. She like, is on she a spaces on. this afternoon at five o'clock. You might find her there. And we've been working yeah. with her on this stuff forever. And now she's right in the middle of she it. She got banned on Twitter for a while for trying to fight the, the porn, the ch- child yeah, um, when, trafficking yeah. and porn. And, yeah. and thank God, you know, they're doing something yeah, about thank, that. Thank God she is. At first, I was like, "Is this lady crazy?" And then I started digging into it. I was like, "No, no, she's no, no. she's legit. She, she uh, she's an, an enthusiast. You know, she's got energy about it, but she's not crazy." We met her at the yeah. We sat dinner with her. Yeah. We've we've hung out with her. She's but crazy. she was actually trafficked herself, yeah. and yeah. then she yeah. made it. She's made it her job to help other women over the years. And Twitter was not kind to her mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So, so my question is, it might be like. A mental health thing. Mm. I don't know. That, I don't, you might not be able to answer it. That's here. So it might be this is. But how do these people hide us all from Jack? Like, yeah, I wondered I mean, that too. I, yeah. I, I, like, how do they lie to their boss to a point? I mean, they're not lying because they're not saying anything. But it, it's, and I mean, and another question is to like. Elon Musk is the head of multiple companies. Yeah, and and, and uh, that's I, I'm a fan of him because I started following him because he was blowing up rockets, and then I got interested in, in his cars, <laughs> and then it's it's kind of barreled down to that. And sometimes I disagree with him, and it's funny because Tesla shareholders they're starting to realize, oh, this might be affecting his his ventures for free speech and protecting civilization might affect my wallet. And it's it's an interesting yeah. happen. psychosis that's happening on on Twitter on Tesla Twitter. It's because it, oh, yeah. if you because it's always been short sellers versus uh, long term holders. It's mm. always been the disinformation from short sellers versus the truth from uh, filings or whatever shareholders can find. But now it's like oh. Elon's saying weird shit and I disagree with it. He needs to stop saying this or he needs to talk more Tesla. It's like they're pro speech, free speech, but they want to control his speech. It's getting to a point. It's yeah, it's it's getting awkward to me to be a fan and not say this. 
Well, he addressed it the other day. I saw him say that that he has got uh, executives in position that he trusts, and they make their decisions. And thus far, he has no quarrel with whatever they're doing now. But it but it does go at what your original question was, which was how did Jack not know? So and now, if, with, if as, Elon as, did something like that, he'd be held accountable. As, as Why Elon, is this guy not? As Elon steps back from Tesla. He risks the same thing, doesn't he? That the people are making decisions about things he doesn't really know about because he's not hands-on. And that 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 has been my experience in many organizations that that people that are sort of founding are really hands-on, and then they slowly, slowly, slowly pull back, and then put other people in places to to do the jobs that he he or she used to do, and then they go on and do something else. And so I don't I don't see this as extraordinary. What's extraordinary, I suppose, is how much he himself and his personality is associated with the projects. And it almost feels like the, yeah. can the projects go on without him, not just as a figurehead, but as actually an active sort of uh, member of the, of the management team. And my bet is he'll go back in there soon and sleep there for a couple of weeks and do a bunch of stuff. That, that's what I'm going to predict. And and my thing is, I hope you bring this up to Tom Segura and Christian T. Okay. I want to hear their reaction. I want to hear their reaction to this, not the censoring of free speech. Because yeah, some of the jokes that they censored were distasteful, but yeah. they're kind of funny. Yeah, they were jokes. Like, they yeah, were not. They were not. Like, they were not possibly misinterpreted. They were jokes. It's like, they were obvious like, jokes. As I'm like, y'all have never seen something that Tom Segura said on a podcast. Like, <laughs> it's like the it, degenerates. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, he's he's like I've heard comedians say worse things. Yeah. I so know. it's 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 like I don't know. It's they are they are both. Uh, he I saw some stuff on Instagram from him him today that I was like, whoa boy, he's 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 coming forward like, with some stuff. Eh. It's like when he came, it, when he went after Jada Pinkett Smith, it's like everybody lost the, uh, like, relevance. He's a bald bitch, too. Like, he's mm -hmm. bald also. Mm -hmm. It's like everybody lost the ass of the show. <laughs> and it was, it was just awful to see everybody's blindness. Yeah. And it's like, and well, sometimes you know, they're both very smart. They're both very speak. smart people. And they're both, they're both uh, pulling for the rational revolution. Where's my hand go? Right here. The rational revolution yeah. will prevail. And they both, I keep asking Christina, like, come on, this, you, you promised me rational revolution two years ago. What is going on? She goes, that's coming. It's coming. Yeah. So they're, they're very positive about this stuff, but I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the call. Well, listen, I think we, we still have many of you requested. I'd love to get to everybody today, but I think we're going to have to kind of wrap things up. I mean, how did Jack not know there was child exploitation on Twitter? Well, like all you had to asking. do was that's tweet it, like look it up. I mean, well, not just that it was there, but why was it more being done to address it? And yeah, particularly well, with Eliza was shouting from the rooftop, but she right. was just getting blocked, you know, and told, That's right. you know, and I don't know. I just think that now that Elon's in there, he's not going to get away with anything. Who isn't? That Elon well, Musk. Yeah. But yeah. They, they just they're they're very um, prone to being critical of him. Uh, well, but Jack, like, just made a bunch of money and left and that's it. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, uh, was he visible on Twitter? I never really noticed. Like he was, he was out there. Yeah. Can I want to make like, just kind of like, cause you, you know, we've been talking about this all week and since the first Twitter files and all the way up to here. And I think that my, my most common point, I feel like someone's doing their nails. I hear in the background. Is that you, Susan? I know. I hear oh, it too. Oh, sorry. I know. Like, Susan, it's, can these we, are can very we, can good we put mics, down Susan. the nail file for a second? <laughs> are they great <laughs> mics though? Jeez. Yeah. Oh yeah. Blue mics. Thanks. This is my point. Mm -hmm. 
Twitter is a private company. We all know that. They yeah. can censor anything yeah. that they choose. So then if yeah. they know that and we know that and they have the freedom to do that, then why are they obfuscating the truth about what they were suppressing unless, unless they knew that that manipulation was biased? So why are they dedicating so many they, resources they, to censoring they, these Stanford professors and these, you know, the inventor of mRNA yeah. and the top-sided cardiologist in the country if, for one thing, the science was so so obviously on their side, but then also, why are they dedicating resources to these things as opposed to what Eliza Blue is bringing up? If they're able to get this content off their system, right. why is it taking them so long to address anything Eliza's been right. saying for years? The first episode she came on our That's show right. was two it's, years it's ago. Almost, it's almost incomprehensible, right? Doesn't make it's any like sense. You're going to me. worry about Jay Bhattacharya, but not a child trafficker. How? What the hell is wrong with you people? But it really goes at a the derangement that was underway, the enthusiasm caused so-called. Enthusiasm is a word that used to be used to be almost close to like seizure. So by enthusiasm, I don't mean that they like it. I mean that they're excessive. And so the excesses around blocking these certain people that could be hurtful and could be saying things are hurtful or could be construed as hurtful and I'm saving the world from these hurtful people that be right that but the language became rather than the reality of whatever was actually harming people there and they were so I think it's so preoccupied for that and so bought into their own can you imagine what the meetings were like every day with those people what they were it's thinking and saying and how they thought about it they just got into a Bubble, a, a, a rabbit hole, a hole, yeah, a real hole. It, it's they, so it's and so I, sadly I think performative. One of our callers, and one of our callers was saying maybe it came from Trump derangement kind of thing, and kind of has that kind of quality to it. But once it got going, they were deep in, they were deep in, and and you know what misinformation, hurting people with language. This is all kind of the same zone. Oh, we and, were getting attacked left and, and right. And these are people being that called decided horrible things, but they. They decided that they were the ones anointed to make these decisions because there was no way to sort of really specify it in, in the policies and procedures. They couldn't quite come up with a way to do it. So they thought, we have to do it. And in doing it, they were aware on some level they were starting to tread on freedom issues, First Amendment issues. You see it in some of the discourse back and forth amongst them. They're like, you know, right. they're like, yeah, yeah, oh, no, 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 because this is, it's justified. This is a thing. I, I'm justified. Yeah, in, in trampling on this person's uh, whatever that person's rights were. This is the, a private this, company. The sad aspect of it is that it's, I, you know, I'm, I'm in my early thirties. It's like, I don't, I don't question. I didn't question a lot of this stuff until they started shoving this stuff at me and saying, deny what is right in front of your face. You have to deny what is happening right there. And you have to agree with us or else you are going to be an outcast. You are go like yeah. that if you say anything outside of this circle and it's misinformation, and then they start consistently getting proven wrong. Because what that does is now mm -hmm. I'm someone that you like we all know how long it took to get someone like Robert F. Kennedy on the show because everyone was very hesitant mm -hmm. about it. They are the ones that built these slow steps that made him an appealing guest to come on the show. And now I now I look at this mm -hmm. and I think, wait a second, there there are a lot of interest involved. There is a lot of money changing hands. There are a lot of interesting people that move from pharma companies into government jobs and from government jobs into pharma companies in this endless circle. And so now a whole system and infrastructure that I never would have questioned, that millions of people never would have questioned because of these little lies along the way. Now everyone's questioning everything. Now they now they've 
they've lost it. They've they've lost the high ground with this by giving those little right. lies along and, the way. And even even today, I don't know if you saw the, really the the real one of the real villains in in a lot of this is the mainstream media. Yeah, really. That they're they're they are sort of if you were telling this story as a melodrama, they would be the Snidely Whiplash group sort of thing. Yeah. And, and even today, the the story was Elon Musk appeared at Dave Chappelle's comedy and was booed so thoroughly that he couldn't speak. Did you see what actually happened? Did you see oh, the video? I, I, Where'd he go? Which one? I didn't see so that it was video. In San Francisco, yeah. there's a video of it. It's in San Francisco, so of course he's going to get some boo, right? He's in San Francisco. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, and a fight broke out in the audience. And uh. the fight caused the audience to go, oh, and it, this big sort of roar about this fight. And then it <laughs> calmed down, and then Elon Musk said, well, I didn't expect to come out to that. And uh, Dave Chappelle said, I think some of the people you fired are here in the audience. <laughs> and, and it was funny and well-received. And well-received. Not he didn't get booed off the stage. There was something that happened that created an uproar. There were some boos. You expect that as San Francisco. And then they went on with the comedy. And Why that lie? was the mainstream reporting. Yeah. I don't get it. Why lie? Why, Why lie? Story? It's such a, so it's well, so agenda based as opposed to truth based. It's like they, I, I don't know what. How it many is. people died there were from way Hornets? more stories about the people supposedly booing Elon Musk than there have been about the Twitter files on any of these media outlets. Like that's what was blasted out, not any of these other facts of things that are coming out. And it's like I'm not the biggest Elon Musk fanboy here. I don't own a Tesla. I don't have Tesla stock. I'm not. I, I've never been that person. But when someone, when a company starts trying to shut down the free speech of someone, even if I disagree with them, it makes me furious because I feel like if they're coming for you, they're coming for me next. If they can do it to someone, if they can shut down the speech of my enemies, I'm the next one. This is funny. Here's, uh, here's the stuff I'm getting right now. You have a blue check mark because you paid $8 for it. I, did we pay $1 for that? <laughs> no. You're not even allowed to do that. Not yes. yet. You're not even allowed to do that yet. Not but I yet. will. I will be. Just, I, we have to, though. We'll also. I, I don't wanna... want somebody to get a, you know, Kelly Victory parody of us. You may have been less misled into thinking you were re relevant in any way, shape, or form. All right. So We got verified, like, 20 years ago when they first started. They called us. Twitter called us and said, do you yeah. want to be on Twitter? Oh, yeah, And we right. both got verified the yeah. first day. Yeah. And, you know... You got like 2 million followers overnight. I had like 10, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, but I wouldn't even know how you're supposed to, how you're, how you get a Twitter verification. Well, I assume they're going to put that information out soon. He was saying it may take a couple of months today. I saw a tweet where he said, how did that so. jackass get the doc Kelly victory? And I don't know. They, and when it was open for a short time, you were able to buy the blue verified badge. Then they paused it for that exact reason. And now they're opening it, it back is, up. But you, there's, you have to do telephone verification and other steps, I believe. It is dinner time for Caleb's baby. We got to give him a chance to go, to go have dinner. Uh, <laughs> we'll go do check out on January fourth. Uh, we're doing press all day tomorrow for the January fourth. I love Caleb's um, questions. Um, special forces will be a January fourth on Fox. I think like at nine o'clock, something like that. Uh, upcoming, there it all is. We have Ram Yogendra and Booth Patterson. From, I want to I want to throw Liza in, in on one of these shows if she's okay. available. So Maybe just, at the end of Weissman or Ram. Is right. that okay? Like, uh, just sure. have a quick interview and let sure. people give her questions. Sure. So we have David. Wait, wait, put that up there again because I, I want to read it for the people out on the spaces. <clears throat> what about the week after Christmas? What do we got going on there? Hang on. Let me let me read what Caleb just put up. Can you put that up again? 
All right. Yeah, we have Dr. Wiseman coming in on Wednesday with Kelly Victory. We have Ram Yogendra and Bruce Patterson from the COVID Long Haulers Group to talk about the latest research on that. We have December Steve 15th, Kirsch on the 20th. Steve Kirsch coming in, which will make everybody very excited. On the 22nd. I don't, don't necessarily agree. He's not on this list. Steve is beating me up all the time, but I don't necessarily agree with him. And then we have another doctor on that Wednesday, right before January Christmas. 3rd, Megan Kelly. January 4th, uh, Biram Brindle with Dr. Victory. And February 1st, Ryan Cole comes back. Wait, Caleb. This is it's the, incomplete. This is these are only the ones that I had yeah. confirmed. But there are a few the others December, that haven't been confirmed yet. We have that doctor, that medical, I mean that uh, military doctor, remember that she mentioned on right before Christmas. I on see the yes, December twenty second. It's Lieutenant Teresa Colonel Long. Teresa Long. Teresa Long. Teresa yeah. Long. She's yeah. a good one. You're yeah. gonna like that, everybody. And then of course Steve Kirsch is coming on my birthday because I like Steve Kirsch. Okay. And it's my birthday. Uh, and I'll, I'll see what Steve And Kelly's coming back on that show too. So it's going to be a big party over here. All right. So look, thank you all for being here. We appreciate those of you on Spaces. Great callers today. So, so appreciate it. I'm sorry I couldn't get to all of you. Buy your will, birch gold for, before my birthday. We will do this again uh, on Thursday. Do we have a guest? This oh, Thursday. That's really Yeah, Dr. Rom and yeah. Patterson. So that's going to be kind of a medical conversation. And then maybe the Eliza. Unless... I would say on the 20th, we'll do calls again. So please do hang around. And we'll we'll always have Twitter spaces up. Yeah, your calls are shows. great. And you guys have been so wonderful Amazing. on Twitter. So I love the so audience, helpful. the level of education. And I didn't expect it because I was so used to battling trolls over on Twitter. I thought we were going to get a bunch of trolls on the on the Twitter spaces, but I'm happy to hear that you guys are all just super cool. Really adding to the conversation and we appreciate it very much. And of course, you, those of you on Restream, I'm trying to keep an eye on it. Uh, thank you, Shadow Man, for your comments and that was a good show. Uh, let's see, and of course on the rants, uh, you guys were sort of behaving yourself. Jeheb said some things that were a little disturbing. And thanks for buying Genucel. Uh Yeah, appreciate that. They love, they love that you guys like it. I guess we're getting really good reviews okay so let's wrap it up with that let caleb go support do the thing. sponsors that support the show yep we appreciate it and we will see you all uh wednesday wednesday at three o'clock pacific ask dr drew is produced by caleb nation and susan pinsky as a reminder the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care diagnosis or treatment this show is intended for educational and informational purposes only I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.